0: Hello and welcome to the Sandro Forte podcast. Over the many years I've been running a successful business, I've met directly or indirectly many successful people from entrepreneurs, sports stars, celebrities, and dare I say, even royalty. So what makes someone successful? Do we even know what success is? And the all-important question, can we create it for ourselves? This podcast series invites a diverse group of people to share their insights, their wisdom, and the things they've learned along the way. Gary Robert Edwards is an internationally renowned dancer, a world championship judge in nine different styles, no less, that's pretty impressive in itself and over 30 international titles to his name known affectionately as the ballroom giant owing mainly to the fact he is six foot four gary who was born in essex started dancing at the age of seven and his career as a dancer and coach of many a-list celebrities i might add has now spanned more than 30 years victoria Regan is a u.s latin champion North American 10 dance champion, five times Canadian champion and a Broadway star, with credits too long to list. Both Gary and Victoria are global ambassadors of the Arthur Murray School of Dance. So it gives me real pleasure to welcome both Gary and Victoria. Welcome to you both.
1: Hi Sandro. San
2: Hi, Sandra, Thank you very much for the invitation. Gosh, we're, a pleasure, pleasure,
0: pleasures, all mine. Um, this is the first time I think we've had two guests on the show at the same time. So let's let's see how I cope with this one. <laughs> bless. Um, but thank you so much, both of you, for making such a great effort to be with us. Um, I, I'm I'm particularly pleased to have you with us today because my youngest sister actually runs her own dance school, so she's going to be listening intently. We only have about 30 minutes, and particularly since two of you, and there's so much amazing (laughs) stuff to to pack in, I'm just going to dive straight in, if I may, with a a number of questions, and we'll see where that goes. Go for it. Um, First question, if I may, to you, Gary. Um, Your dance career, and it is an impressive one, let's be honest, spans... Dare I say, three decades Yeah, you had more. to say that,
1: didn't you? Yes, yes.
0: What's your first memory of dancing as a child, if you can think back that far?
1: Well, when I was, well, I started dancing, I'm from Romford. My family's from Stepney, but my, I was brought up in Rumford. So most people in Romford, Essex, dancing wasn't number one on the, normally the list to do. Um, and it was purely a case of, you know, for, for my mum and dad reasons, I went to a dance class. And it was literally, I walked in the door and there was all girls. It was like 31 girls, so I'm told now. And me. Um, and to be honest, it was that was my initial reaction was like, wow, why aren't all my friends here? Bearing in mind, I was about eight years old. So even from a young age, I was already thinking dancing. I was thinking partners. And of course, that problem is still to a lesser degree around today, where there's a lot more girls tend to dance at young ages than, than boys. I mean, it's better eh? in my time. It was mainly girls that danced. Do Um, do
0: you think that gives you a a competitive edge now in terms of your career moving forward?
1: uh, Do you know what? I look at my career that every step of it I learned something along the the way and even at that age I still learned, there was always something to learn. I was very lucky, I took my exams very quickly, Of of course I had a choice out of some amazing girls. So it wasn't a case of I only had one choice. <laughs>
2: we know why he was there, no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, easy. Now, you're wearing the leopard skin. Um, no, do you know it was really a case of you know I had a choice of thirty girls. So really, they had one choice, me. Yeah. I had a choice of which girl was the best girl, etc. I took all my medals super, super fast. Um, I entered a competition almost uh, by accident, which was the British open championship and I won both styles and it was more attractive and it wasn't really it wasn't my dream to win this event I went along because it was a competition it might be fun and that's again I've never taken life too seriously I'm very enthusiastic about anything I do if I'm not enthusiastic about something I don't do it Isn't that right, Victoria? Very. Um, And again, I I try to be infectious with that, so I'm trying to get other people enthusiastic as well. Because again, we only live once. Mm. Life isn't a dress rehearsal. That famous saying in our business, and we get one go at this life. And I tend to live it. And again, from that very young age, that was my drive. I just wanted. So it would be fair
0: to say, Gary, that behind every successful man is thirty-one. Successful Girls. women, absolutely. And do you know what? I totally agree. greedy with that. That's a bit greedy, isn't it? You no, know, we're too one dimensional, <laughs> men. You know, women can they can multitask, we have trouble with that. So, on the subject of lovely women, uh, Victoria, um, you you have got well, as enviable a CV as Gary, um, you know, successful world championships, five time Canadian champion. Uh, US Latin champion I mean the list goes on and on and on and, and Broadway of course tell us a little bit about your early career and you know was it infectious enthusiasm that got you into dance or was it something more than that
2: you know the, you know the show A Chorus Line mm-hmm. I guess everybody knows that show the characters of when you start dancing around in the living room at the age of five that was really what happened we didn't have television so uh, yeah it's a little over 40 decades here I guess <laughs> um, or four decades uh, and so I would start dancing um, all these pirouettes and ballet moves at the age of five. So my there was a um, an uncle we had that gave my parents money to afford lessons. So I started ballet, so that was really my first account of it. My parents uh, allowed me to do it, you know, through that gift. And so I think for me it was innate. It was what I was supposed to do, which, again... As a mentor for people, I say, if you really have a feeling about something you love, that's the direction you could go. It wasn't something I dreamed of. It just always happened. It was there. It was supposed to happen.
0: So yeah.
2: that was and on that, that's account. a
0: very interesting point you make. So because what I've heard from Gary so far is, you know, an enthusiasm and a desire mm-hmm. to do something. And that, that's clearly very important yeah. to you. But also the, the support of others. That's a really important part of it, isn't it?
2: Immersive. Oh, absolutely, because if you see in a child something that she likes to do or he likes to do, you want to try and explore that the best you can. And sometimes it takes money. In that case, I just had a little, you know, gift from somebody that uh, afforded it for 10 years. Wow. You know? So how and, uh,
0: just to you, Gary, again, yeah. well, I want to ask you both the same question. Yeah. You know, why? why so why so multidisciplined? you know you are uh, a judge uh, in world championships in nine different disciplines i mean that takes well, that some goodness, my, isn't it? Yeah,
1: and that's one of my lessons to everybody else actually because when in our normal career of like trying to win a ballroom world championships or a latin they try to make you focus on one dance style and again because i was never i wasn't the guy in the, the, the was it home alone the guy dancing in the mirror i was never really like that i was just out to have fun so, for me, I started to think very, very young what I wanted to do. Um, I went to a school called Forest Lodge. It was a very, again, a very rough school. I was certainly the only dancer in the school. Uh, my careers officer, when he asked me, and I said, I want to be a dancer because it's fun, he said, yeah, but What are you going to do to earn money to pay for this hobby? And I was like, No, no, I'm going to do it for a business. It's going to be my life. So, it was fun. I sort of I knew what I wanted to do. And it really was a case of I was very lucky as well, and I took my luck. If, if I got a break, I went with it every single time. Um, even if I have a bad result, I try to learn the lesson. I, why? Now, why was it? Was it me? Was it them? I never necessarily blame myself for a bad result. Sometimes I blame my partner. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Sometimes I blame the judges. Sometimes I blame, you know, I had a huge loss one year in, in Germany when I was a junior. I had flu and I still danced. Looking back, I should never have danced. But again, that show must go on. In dance competitions, I don't agree with that anymore. With a show, absolutely, mm. it does. Mm. But in a dance competition, when you're being judged, no, 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 no. So if, every time I was, I mean, to this day, I still learn. I've yes, I'm qualifying nine stars, but I learn something new every day. Victoria, we done something, some, a fun thing this morning with some choreography. I learned something this morning. Never ever close your mind to learning. And with dance, it's evolving all the time. There's a huge impact now with hip hop and all these fusions coming about. Latin American has changed. I love traditional Latin dancing. That isn't really present in international Latin dancing. I like bachata, cumbia, original salsa. When you watch a program like Strictly Come Dancing, you don't see traditional Latin dancing. You see international style, where they dance a rumba um, that I would consider more like a bolero. Cuban rumba isn't what I judge as an international rumba. So, all these things are very, I mean, dancing in general is fascinating for many reasons. But I never stopped learning. Mm. So I keeping
0: really yeah, keeping options open, open Absolutely. mind, Absolutely, so with nine learn. styles,
1: no, it was really a case of I wanted to, if I'm taking an exam, and I hate taking exams now, if, any, if anyone says to me, oh, you've got to take a test, oh, my, no, only because when it came to passing those exams when I got my nine styles, while I'm taking an exam, I want to take everything that I'm ever going to need because I never want to do this again. Mm. So when I went to America, and there's American smooth and American rhythm, I took the exams as fast as I could, for me to get it out the way, you know, did I feel I was qualified? Not professionally, because you need that piece of paper. So I took those exams as fast as I could, um, and that basically again, I, I quite like hip hop. I look, at, I don't, I look a bit strange doing it because I am six foot four. They call me the ballroom giant, um, and I'm a little bit heavier now than I was when I danced. So to a certain degree, it was just a case of you know, evolution doesn't stop as a person, personality, and dancing as well. Evolution is going on all around us. Victoria, do you have a favorite? Anything that you I mean, you've excelled.
2: I do have a favorite. I do have a favorite.
1: But charter, yeah. isn't it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's not Lombarda. That's for oh, sure. no. does anyone like Lombarda? Um yeah, a lot of people probably don't no, weren't it's, born it's, when it's we did hard. that. Um, tap is my favorite. Is it? Tap is my favorite. I've done it all. I started with ballet, which was a great discipline to have, you know. Yeah. Um and I don't know if your sister does that, but for kids, that's if you want to start dancing, ballet is a great thing to start. Tap is fun. It develops rhythm and it's it's all American musical theatre. So,
0: well I'm not um, qualified.
2: <laughs> not yet. You'll learn. It strikes,
0: it strikes me, if you don't mind me saying that, that's very much a reflection of your personality because you are yeah. very, you're, you're a fun kind of girl, aren't you? Like that, oh, yeah. Broadway.
2: <laughs> I, I, I guess I'm, some people say I'm very intense and serious, but yeah, it is Broadway and music theatre and tap is that. All that and discipline, very disciplined. Yeah, um, and jazz, but tap would be my favorite. And so I explored that after ballet. I um, after about fifteen years old, I expl- uh, explored tap and realized I got with one of the greatest teachers in a place called Daytona Beach, Florida. Uh, later, I found out he was a fantastic teacher and jazz also. So. Um, I went on to ballroom later, but right. it's my favorite. You're both, uh,
0: are you not, ambassadors of the Arthur Murray School of Dance?
2: We yeah. are
1: now. Yeah, yeah, we are. And, okay. and, and, and ironically, yeah, yeah. exactly what I was just thinking. Really, a lot of the expertise that Victoria has are all the things missing from my CV, and probably to a certain degree, vice versa. So when Arthur Murray Dance Studios come along and ask us to be global ambassadors, you know, even at that point, you know, I I knew who I was hoping would be that the the female ambassador. Um, and Victoria is the greatest he choice. He was a great
2: support system, I have to say. Oh, no, He's absolutely. like an agent. But, you're, <laughs> but you know what,
1: you're perfect for the role, because again, the Arthur Murray Dance Studios is, you know, and if you asked a question about Arthur Murray when we were younger, I'd have said, no, I'm never going to be involved with that American business style of dance. But again, once you get older and you realize that you know, business is quite important in this world because we do need money to do whatever we're going to do and the Arthur Murray system is the business side of dancing It's the social side of dancing as well and it's a lifestyle you don't just have that dance lesson you literally buy into the lifestyle and that's what we both like and that's what we both believe in now Um, and again the expertise that we both bring to the table we cover pretty much everything that you need when it comes to that side of running the business for a dance studio there's actually one of its probably the oldest franchise in the world the biggest dance organisation in the world as far as business um, and definitely dance studios. They're in, I believe, I think it's just gone up now because Cypress has just opened, I think 23 countries and um, not far off. I mean, it's not going to be long before they've got 300 studios worldwide um, and no one else really is global. Arthur Murray have been global for many years mm. and they're growing massively. And obviously, strictly... Come dancing,
0: which we all know about now. That's yeah. that's appearing every week, seemingly on yeah. television. Yeah. That's done a lot for dance,
1: hasn't it? Yeah. Do you know what? In the beginning, I think it did. I don't know what you think on this? In week's the beginning, I
2: think it did. I'm not so sure about the impression now, mm-hmm. but it certainly has has brought to uh, to everybody's attention, you know, yeah. attention the upbeat and that athletes do it. That a lot. Uh, really cool people do it, mm. not just older people. Yeah, the younger think, people. It's not just yeah. your grandma. So it's it's been great for the industry in that way.
1: Yeah, I'd like to take you back
0: to a comment you made earlier, Gary, and, and link it to something that Victoria said as yeah. well. The great thing about these these uh, podcasts is that they're not scripted, as you know. Um, but already, I'm starting to pick up some really, really quite amazing stuff. So. To take you back to that conversation you had briefly with your teacher, careers officer, who said, yep. "You know, come on, give me a give me a proper job, Gary." Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd love to, to meet him again
1: now. <laughs> yeah, well,
0: I, I'm, yeah, I'm sure if he's still with us, that uh, he's he's oh. carrying under a, the nearest cushion, um, and so he should. Um, but obviously, a lot of people that listen to the podcast are probably at a stage in their life where they are faced with a challenge. So the the weight of expectation from a parent, for example, or a peer group, or just the social environment in which they they live and operate um what advice would you both give to those people in terms of combining a a passion with you know a business because a lot of this we can link to business opportunities and overcoming i think where i'm going to with this is how do you overcome uh the weight of expectation that can sometimes be imposed upon us in life
1: we've probably got different opinions on this i'll let you go first
2: yeah i mean in my case i didn't my parents didn't have any expectations um nobody had any expectations necessarily i think i was i was out of the house at 15 and I was, I was dancing, and I didn't think it was something you did for a living. I had never heard of Broadway, oddly enough. I knew all the stuff, but I didn't know what I was doing at the time, that it was Broadway material. So I thought being a dental hygienist certainly would be respectable. I applied. I didn't get in because I, I worked I at, for a dentist for many years. You know, as a kid, I would collect all the money. They loved me, and I had braces yeah. twice. So um, you know, I valued the system. So I thought, well, that's what I needed to do, but I didn't get in school. So every time I tried to do something respectable, uh, I went to Atlanta and I worked for Coca-Cola. You know, I was Miss coca And then I would just always come back. My, my boss, Noica Tap Dance, he put me into the Miss Coca-Cola contest and I won. So it kept coming back to every time I was mm-hmm. trying to be serious about a real job, it led me. So that's why I say, you never know either... There is something like it leads you or you have to really lead to a direction that you want. And then the expectations are usually placed, I don't know, from my point of view, myself, from myself, nobody else. Everybody always thought you were fabulous or... You know, you're going to make it, but I never felt I always had higher expectations. That's a really interesting perspective, that's a actually. Yeah, it's, well, good I one. Just it's a much thinking, tougher yeah. one, in, I think, in, you know. No, in some ways,
1: that's, at, that's me as well, mm. but in other ways, it's the complete opposite on what you, you said at the end. Because yeah. for me, yeah. it was a case of, again, Romford boy. Yeah. Um, initially, you know, sorry, Romford, it was like, how do I get out of here to a certain <laughs> degree? Um, I saw, I'd never wanted to go to America. I was more of a like, you know, how do I get in the, the, the city? Um, But again, it was always a case of dancing just happened to be a vehicle for me at that point. Sounds a bit sort of callous, but it was purely a case of dancing was that vehicle for me. If I was basically trying to go in one direction and it was a little bit difficult, I'd find the the Mm -hmm. next direction. It was very Romford Market sort of thing, you know. It it was really a case of if there's a way, I'll find it. If I'm given an opportunity, I go for it. I went for opportunities, everyone else was scared of an opportunity, I'd go for it with maximum enthusiasm maximum drive and I would give it two hundred percent. If it failed, I gave it my best. And that really has been, again, from a very young age, that and, and through dancing as well. I was never one where my goal was never to be world champion. Ever. It was more a case of I wanted to earn a good living, I wanted the Ferrari, um and it really was a case of how do I make that happen. And I never really considered winning the world championship was a money thing that was just an ego thing I started to do any opportunities that come along in TV I done body matters I done heaven's gate the movies I was actually too short they had to make me special shoes and a top hat to make me as tall as Chris Christopherson and John Hurt you wouldn't know those they were probably before your time but it was a, a, alas a not- they are not <laughs> oh well again it, but again a lot of people would have said you're too short for to be in that movie because I was So, again, I made sure they made the shoe. I stood as tall as I could. I I got the biggest top hat. I made sure I got... To make sure I got in it, so I was given the opportunity and I tried to make it happen as much as I could. And that's the story of my life, really.
2: You know, going back to the mentoring thing, because I think you had said prior to the podcast that a big part of the podcast was for mentoring. And I think at this point in our life or in my life, one of my objectives is to mentor kids. Mentor... Because parents... Like you talked about expectations. So many of the parents... Uh, put pressure on children mm. from expectations and they never fulfill their dreams. Yeah, and and so we now. know in this generation mm-hmm. to fulfill your dreams will be your money, will be your ticket to happiness, will be because I think happiness comes from creativity, not someone else, obviously. So to find when you're a, a youngster, particularly teens or even your 50s, 60s, and you're looking for things, you have to have people you can talk to outside parental. You know, parents see certain things that can see your talents, that can encourage you. And if you still can't see them, keep searching. Do those those post boards of dreams that you thought you never could be like. Find out what your heart says to you that you want, really want to do, but you never thought you could do it. And find people to help you image that. Because if we don't find mentors, we really can be on a wrong yeah. track. Mm-hmm. Get married too early, have yeah. children too early, not pursue. Things that our parents don't want us to do. And well, not fulfill the potential.
1: Sense? There's a lot of dancers that we, I know. I mean, some of the greatest dancers yeah. I've ever seen never got past mm-hmm. junior level, 15 years old, simply because the, the, the drive from the, the parents weren't there. I mean, no, I could name, I could name five dancers also. that would have been world champions had they carried on. I mean, luckily they stopped mm. because that enabled me to to do very well. Mm. Um, but again it's because they didn't have that backing as you are saying. Or
2: knowing you know, a lot of it and I don't know if you experienced this with your kids or your friend, but knowing what, what you really want to do, having somebody help you figure out what that is. I I mentor so many kids going to college and they're not sure what they wanna do. They get out of college just still not sure what yeah. they wanna do. So I don't know how you figure it out, but with help I think with friends and it is that
1: support mechanism, again, and I don't think you necessarily get it from our government so much as yeah. I don't think you get it from other areas. Um, and mean, that's everything. I mean, and again, another you know, touch changing the subject slightly, but we've done a lot for Alzheimer's and mental health issues. And someone said something to me, a professor out of New York, ironically, he said to me that he considers loneliness as a mental health issue. And bear in mind Arthur Murray, who we're both (laughs) ambassadors for, he was basically a very shy guy. Now, loneliness can sometimes be related to shyness that relates to depression, which then becomes some form of mental illness, etc. So, again, with the dancing side, I've never been shy. I don't get nervous pretty much ever and even with that,
2: thirty-one girls.
1: I mean, behave. Ah. Well, it's good to be popular, <laughs> even if the odds are in your favour. But Sorry anyway, yeah. but no. But the point is, and yeah. I, and whenever I deal with kids or even older people, and certainly like with the Alzheimer's work we've been doing, it's again even at that age, it, it's still a case of that confidence level. You've got to have that confidence inside. And again, sometimes you need people to to help that and the mentoring. And that's where that comes in. Because sometimes, even I'm a parent myself. Sometimes I forget to tell my kids. Now you've done a great job, and it's a very American thing to say "great job" at everything. I'm I'm quite sort of you know a bit stingy on the great job scenario, but I try and stimulate and encourage them in every other way. But I think as well in today's life, where everyone's working so hard, the mums are working hard, the dads are working hard. Sometimes the kids can get a little bit left out on that drive, and they're all on their iPhones or their their tablets or whatever. They're all watching videos, not doing it themselves. Um, And that's where, again, dancing is booming in the areas where people aren't spending the entire day on their phone. Where do you
0: think, to both of you, where do you think talent meets application? You know, are people born to dance in this particular case? Uh, Is there hope for me, the guy with two left feet? Always. Walk Uh, in, dance out. (laughs) I'm I'm really interested to know about this because, again, we can link this to business. You know, people are not necessarily born Mm -hmm. equal. Um, Absolutely. With the same opportunity. But we've seen so many examples of people who have achieved extraordinary success, whatever success is or looks like, just through sheer bloody minded, Mm -hmm. determined behavior or attitude towards something. So is it about talent? Is it about application? Is it a combination of the two?
2: I think it's about all three desire first. Yeah. You know, in my case, or in some cases, genius is when you have people just wake up and they have beautiful voices, never have a lesson. That's talent. That's a God-given talent or, or a universal talent, whatever you want to re- refer to. And then she also had the, de- she had the talent, which is great. She also had the desire, the drive, and mm-hmm. the application. She put to it probably 24 hours a day because I think you have to be obsessed to become really good at something. I think if you don't have the talent, desire, you know, not to be six foot four if you don't have it, but a desire, if you know what you want, that's another, you have this feeling you want something, desire meets Application mm. and good training, and by yourself working obsessively never, at that never thing. Never give up. You know, and having people tell you never to give up. That you also have to know insecurity is normal, depression is normal, being rejected is common and an everyday occurrence, and you have to get used to that. Yeah. You need help with all those things. Does that answer the question? It so absolutely does. I, did, I mean,
1: on my wall, I, growing up, I had Churchill: "Never, never give up." Yeah. But I do say you can. Sometimes you have to adjust. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: So you can be hitting them. Again, I know people that, you know, they should be concentrating on one style, really. But it depends what they want. For me, it's all about vehicles to get something. It's not always straightforward. That's what I want. Work very hard. Give it everything and it will happen. Sometimes you have to go around, you know, be a little bit was where I come from, a bit of ducking and diving to get what you want. But at the end of the day, as long as you've got that goal at what you want, mm. and again, you just make sure that you've got the right way of getting there. And for me, I always call them vehicles. If there's not a straight way to something, I'll find a way. If it's, if I really want it, I'll find a way to make it happen. And again, I always think a positive attitude, enthusiasm. And again, I can be a little bit over the top with my um, positivity. But you know what? It's never let me down. And even if I mess something up, it's just, you know, I've learned a lesson. So I've, mm. it's all about the silver lining. I am Mr. Silver Lining. There's always a silver lining on anything. Good way to be. And
2: yes, you can learn how to dance, Sandro.
1: Absolutely. Good news. I've never
2: never failed. It is very good news. Because if you desire and a good teacher, enthusiasm, Mm. energy.
0: Our mutual friend Rio gave me a, a dance voucher, which I haven't cashed in yet. Um, but now go. I'm full of enthusiasm. and yes. yes. Uh, I've never felt. I mean, there's the dance never anyone
1: wrong. that I have to. The, heart, the, the first thing, really, to get over is that attitude of, I've got two left feet. I can't. And I, you know, I'll tell you one little story. I don't say this very often. It's actually it's a little bit sad. I find it very positive, but I, I've done a lot with veterans in the past as well. Um, and on one occasion, also, Wheelchair Paradance UK, I'm the patron of. Um, And it's really interesting when people say, you know, I've got two left feet, because that was said to me in front of a soldier Mm. who was in a wheelchair and he didn't, basically, he was missing limbs. Um, And he turned around and said, well, aren't you the lucky one? And it's as funny as that is in one way it's also very sad strange. but it's very its the word poignant I'm from Essex I'm not don't have got a big vocabulary um, actually I'm from London now because London. are oh, right. um, but you know what when people say like what's the best thing you've done in your career I've done a lot but you know what seeing you know those guys get pleasure out of dancing even though they're in a wheelchair with no legs that's that's a special moment good for you that's amazing yeah. um, of all the people that you've both worked with is there one person that stands
0: out and, and if so why Sorry to put it on the spot a bit. Mm-hmm. Or are there, are there people that you've worked with that you particularly enjoyed working with or you learned a lot from? Or... Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. I'm sure they probably all say that about you two. But, um, <laughs> oh, but bless. The other, way around, the other way around.
1: I other with you this morning on that tango. Uh, we had fun. We <laughs> did have
2: fun. Um, for me, there's quite a few. But uh, I think Gower Champion, when I got the Broadway show 42nd Street, I think Gower, I had known him from MGM Films and that was an incredible experience just one person you know so many but i would say he was something else you know meeting somebody i watched all my life in film and then here he was staging and choreographing and directing 42nd street and uh-huh, so just nice. the
1: name's impressive, isn't it? Yes, it
2: is impressive. Yeah, when
1: that, and again, that, that's a you could have a very long story on that one, that is an amazing story as well. And Gary, which one of the 31 girls or...? <laughs> no, do you know what? For me, there's two different sides, because I have to say, as far as the tear in my eye, what I just mentioned earlier, that the, the Paradance UK scenario, is difficult to get past putting a smile on it. Do you know what? Even the World Alzheimer's Day recently, mm. I took two girls. One was the daughter of Savannah, the daughter of uh, Kid Creole and the Coconuts. Um, taking these young people that are basically YouTube and Instagram um, huge on on those two on the platforms to see them cry when they saw these 90 year olds, actually one of them a 106 year old man because he was getting up dancing he was crying because he was so happy I mean, it's difficult to get over that. As far as the ego is concerned, obviously Michael Jackson, I taught him cha-cha in 1996. I almost know the time. (laughs) But basically, that was ego-wise, that was the biggest. Who do you teach after you've taught Michael Jackson? There's no one I can really teach ego-wise. But that's one side of your question. As far as what meant the most to me, probably recently, again, the Alzheimer's and then again, definitely the disabled, um, you know, whatever you Know the, the power of dance because I'm involved with them, but that, that's the emotional side. So, two sides answer. But, Michael, you know, Michael Jackson, obviously, ego, mm. and definitely these people. That... But you
0: are quoted, aren't you, as saying that Michael Jackson was a, a bit of a natural.
1: I mean, he well, picked stuff up. Well, the wow. thing is, as well, that I mean, it was going to be like a 10 minute, I mean, a very quick, funny story about that. Obviously, I was in Brunei, Dar es Salaam, teaching. Um, he arrived, and a few of my colleagues at the time from Brunei said, He's the king of pop. Do we bow? And I, my my, my reply was like, um, if you mean, are we going to moonwalk? No, no, basically we don't. Of course they all did. And of course I accidentally joined in because I would have been the only one not bowing and I was two foot taller than anyone else. Um, But it was a 10 minute lesson that turned into like a 45 minute lesson. The guy was a genius, but towards the end, he was basically doing an alternative version of a um, cha-cha. It was basically a case of I learned some from him. And like I said to you earlier, I always try and learn something whatever I'm doing, no matter who I'm teaching, if I learn something in a day, I'm very happy. And with him, I learned a lot. He learned a lot. And he was just fascinated by all different styles of dance. He was always after, like me, inspiration. I mean, and the first question I asked him, actually, was moonwalk. And he basically said he put other people forward that he considered done it better than he did. That's interesting, isn't And it? again, the classic with again was very much the case of he said, oh, I get a lot of my inspiration from seeing the, the guys dancing on the streets. You know, in, in Central Park etc yeah. so it's quite amazing that he didn't take I mean he treated me like I was a superstar it kind of goes back doesn't it to what you said earlier
0: on about you're always learning even this morning you he pick something a, up yeah, and you know and
1: that inspired again though that inspired me that's to carry on what made on. him yeah. so good Ab- absolutely because he was he was going and through that same process constantly at no right? point did I feel inferior to him absolutely and you know what that's how working with anyone I don't like to work with anyone and they feel the same and that's why Victoria and I work very well together because you know even this morning with the tango (laughs) argentine it was very much a case of we compliment each other and of course i respect her she respects me and you know the chances are victoria learned something this way and you know what great if she did i feel good there's no point that i think i'm better than anyone else Mm. everything with that is there's a lot to do with luck timing and there's just so many different things so for me if i can help anyone i do and victoria's the same victoria
2: I was just thinking about Michael Jackson for a second because I remember I think his mentor, a dance mentor, was Bob Fosse. He really copied everything Bob Fosse did, Why not? yeah. which was interesting, and Fred Astaire. Um, but so that was yeah. I remember him doing a lot of well, stuff. On that the moonwalk,
1: did. He, the, the comment he made to me on the moonwalk was James Brown. When yeah, he that's done also When he done the, about mentors the and what moonwalk. he called the circular moonwalk. Mm-hmm. You now we would call it basically mm-hmm. in a circle. He basically was saying that you know James Brown was better than him. So all the time again, he was looking up to people. And um, whether or not that was a psychological thing of trying to you know make everyone else look good, mm. to make himself look humble, I don't know. But you know, I found him a very genuine person. That at no point did I find him in in any way other than a wonderful human being. Mm. It's a shame he's not not any longer with us. But um, no, absolutely.
0: So um, time is drawing to a close. But I have to ask you both, what's what's next for you both? Where are we going to see you next? Strictly Come Dancing? Are we going to see you in a West End show.
2: Be nice to be on a, a stage again. That would be me. But um, yeah, we
0: saw
1: that this morning uh, in your face. It would be. You know, <laughs>
2: they say it's never too late, and if you have to keep talking to yourself, no matter what age you are. That you could still do. And that's when you need to reach out to people. Um, so many of our mentors are gone. You know, the people that mm-hmm. I used to talk to. But other than that, it could be a motivational speaker to help people. Something that I could bring yeah. all those talents together, because this can't be it. You know, when you reach this what you think you've done everything. And so life is over. (laughs) And I think about that every day. It's so crazy. So I have to figure out what to do next. This is a part of it is, is sharing is trying to build the Arthur Murray organization as a representative with integrity and still perform and, uh, you know, I think as
1: well, it's like we're both of us, I think we look at the opportunity with Arthur Murray International as almost like I was talking earlier about the vehicle, mm. it's almost as like Arthur Murray International can be a vehicle, yes it's great for business and again in America, again, super fast growing company etc, um, obviously as you know it's in the UK, I think the UK can be much much bigger, there's a lot of interest in people opening new studios etc, but from our perspective, like Victoria just said, it's a vehicle to help people brexit's just around the corner as well there's all sorts of things going on in what we're doing business-wise personal wise um you know from my my side Mm -hmm. i I still like to do that multiple options so although i'm in dancing and i still try i still judge probably too much actually (laughs) um, i'm looking at other things tv shows any tv shows that come along that can help Arthur Murray yes but also myself as well I'm very friendly with Arlene Phillips and Russell Grant we've got a project lined up that's going to be a lot of fun we're already at third base so that's going to be a lot of fun but in general the Arthur Murray brand is what we really want to get going because it's so good for everybody in every way. Are
0: we going to see you taking Len
1: Goodman's seat in Strictly? Well, do you know what, I was very close last year. Supposedly, I was—they suspended betting on me last year. <laughs> and my, my father's a bookmaker, so I sort of thought, well, that's it, I've got it." <laughs> um, but do you know what? Now it's a little bit different. Strictly's changed a lot. It's yeah. not the same as it used to be. I'm more—I would probably suit the show five, ten years ago. I'm not sure I suit the show in the direction it's going now it's a lot more serious now. Mm. Um, I would tend to be more like it was 5-10 years ago with your Bruce Forsyth and your Len and your Anton and your Brendan or bit of banter going on. I get on very well with Bruno as well um, but again don't forget Arthur Murray was I think one of the first if not the first dance show on TV and ironically the, the whole show was based around Arthur and Catherine with the Arthur Murray dancers behind them, bringing on a celebrity and teaching them how to dance live. So there's similarities with Strictly there. Mm. So would I go on Strictly? Obviously I would if they asked me. But there's other options as well, other dance yeah. shows coming. And again, I think Arthur Murray could have its own thing soon, hopefully. Yeah, you can't both be as talented as you are, respectively, and, and <laughs> not be doing loads of things.
0: So I'm, I'm sure that will happen. Um, one question we ask all our guests, which I'm going to throw this one at you and see what you make of it. Um, Neither of you are particularly old, but since uh, oh, we, have all, we all have a few years behind us now, <laughs> um, you've obviously both learned an awful lot through your careers, life, your careers, mm-hmm. your business. Looking back, imagining that you have a younger version of yourself. Let's just say that person is sort of 16, 17 years old, trying to find their way in life. And you have a couple of minutes just to give them a bit of advice before sending them on their way. What, what bit of advice would you give them? Um, taking all of that great experience that you've gathered over the years into account.
2: We're talking to ourselves. You are. Yeah. Two things, I think. Kind of countering each other, if I can look back. I'd say you did a fantastic job. Do exactly the same thing over, I think. And the second would be, accept, be very careful who you connect to along the way who takes your time what kind of energy they have what their motivations are you know be a boyfriend's Mm -hmm. particularly things like that you know (laughs) be very because when you're on your own or you're you have these goals you get sidetracked because of those things so those are the two things i'd say you know be a little more careful um however maybe i couldn't have been i would have said do exactly i love that answer
0: i do love that Uh, answer Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i'm much
1: simpler i'm promising (laughs) you but, keep apologising for being from Essex. No, I'm apologising. You have no, to, no reason you, to certain be. Certain people come from Essex. There's a certain mentality. And even though I live in both countries now, when I come back here, this is my home. And, you know, why do I still have a home in Essex? Because that's... I like dealing with those people. I, yeah. I feel that I'm naturally... like I just go back to them as if they're my friends, even if they're not sometimes... I'm the worst one in a taxi cab because I'll talk all day. As you're probably going to get ready to throw me out now. Um, no, but basically, positivity. I'm, I'm such, I'm so huge. I was diagnosed with skin cancer. When I turned that into a positive, I took that message. Um, and it was actually, again, someone else's agenda who didn't really want me to get the job on strictly. So that was put out there to try and, you know, maybe whatever you would say to bring me down. I actually went the opposite way. Um, I'd done a huge article in one of the newspapers, I got it out there positive thinking every way and again I was negative when it first happened and they cut a big hole in my face for 30 seconds I cried that was my negativity out the way positive thinking absolutely all the way along the line if you're if you find the direction you want to go in isn't working I always find another way but I stay positive I give it 200% but find the vehicle to get where you want to go I think I, I, I think we I have really a great do. insight into how you two have been, become
0: so awesomely successful. Um, where do we find out more about you? Because all the people that listen in,
1: oh,
0: we get bombarded <laughs> with emails saying, how do I find out about more, more about these people? So, um, Victoria? How, you know, Google,
2: if you go to Victoria Regan, uh, I'm first on that page. Luckily, I think I've had, managed to do that. Um, so there's a lot. and Or my website, victoriaregan.com.
1: Fabulous. Well, ironically, even my friends call me Ballroom Giant now. Um, I I've indulged, I have endured. I like social media in in our business. That's quite rare actually. But I'm Ballroom Giant because I'm quite tall and a bit weighty now. Um, but basically on Twitter, I'm Ballroom Giant. Instagram, I'm Ballroom Giant. And if you Google, Google me as Ballroom Giant, don't Google Gary Edwards. Google Ballroom Giant Gary Edwards, and you'll find me as well.
0: Absolutely fabulous. Thank you um, both so much for for joining us. It's been it's been a real blast. Um, as you. Can attest, this is uh, this is not scripted. It, we just make it up as we go along. We kind of make friends along the way, mm-hmm. and it's been really, really insightful. Thank you both so thank very you. much. Thank you so thank much you for having. Us. Really appreciate, yeah. it and I know there's going to be calls for you two to come back and join us again. So yeah, hopefully absolutely. you will, because we haven't we haven't got nearly enough.
2: I'm in the studio Friday if you want a lesson.
1: <laughs>
0: I'll take yeah, you up on it. it. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> Victoria, Gary, thank you both very much for joining thank us. You, thank you. That was the Sandro Forte podcast and what great guests Gary Edwards and Victoria Regan were. There are many more fantastic guests joining me over the coming weeks, so please make sure you subscribe if you want to pick up some great ideas and tips on success along the way. Remember, you can follow us on social media at Sandro's Podcast. That's Sandro's with an S, same on all channels. And I'd love to hear your stories your ideas, anecdotes, challenges, or indeed what motivates you. So please email me, hello at sandrospodcast.com. And if you can, please leave a review on iTunes so we know what you'd like to hear more of in the future. Thank you.